Today on the show, we're talking about audiobooks. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney, I'm your host, and today, as always, I'm joined with my co-host, Trevor. And today on the show, we're talking about audiobooks. And, you know, we did a topic on uh, reading and books in general, and we, we kind of touched on audiobooks, but I think it's worth doing an episode on audiobooks because I think people that aren't familiar with this world of audiobooks, it, it's it's an opportunity to gain knowledge, absorb information through a different medium that, that maybe you never thought was possible. And this is directly related to personal finance just because of the wealth of personal finance audiobooks available. So this really can increase your consumption of that, which I think is incredible. Well, personal growth too, right? It's, it's, it, it, obviously, we center around the money aspect of things, but th- this could be an opportunity to immerse yourself in the, the personal growth genre of, of literature where maybe you... You started a, a reading, traditional sense reading, uh, some self-help books and, and got frustrated. Maybe you hit a slow spot and you gave up on it. I think an audiobook kind of opens the door for you to maybe, well, we're going to get into the details of it in this episode. Yeah, I do want to dive into that. First, just a quick overview of what we'll be talking about during this episode. We're going to run through kind of the introduction to audiobooks and answer some of the commonly asked questions about audiobooks and just audio consumption in that in that space. We're going to talk about the different difference between consuming fiction versus nonfiction audiobooks, the benefits of audiobooks, audiobook challenges, along with the great resources to get audiobooks from and some of Trevor's preferred methods. So my first thought about this I mean if if I'm a listener and I'm listening to this today I like audio so therefore am I bound to like audiobooks you know it kind of really you would think so if you enjoy listening to this podcast or you maybe subscribe to a bunch of podcasts you think you're you're somewhat audio is you're in your wheelhouse you know you you engage with that medium of audio but it really depends on the kind of podcast you listen to if you listen to podcasts that are, I'm going to say some of the comedy genres of podcasts, they're not really, it's not being delivered in a similar fashion to an audiobook. If you're listening to a podcast like this one, I think this one caters to someone who, if you enjoy this podcast, you would enjoy audiobooks. I really think you would. If you listen to Joe Rogan, a very popular podcast, I don't think that connects to Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't, but I don't think if, if that's your thing, I don't think it transfers to audiobooks that well. If you're into the uh, uh, the NPR style style like a documentary podcast, that probably trans transfers well into the audiobook world. So I'm gonna say fifty percent, sixty percent of the podcasts that that are out there, if you listen to those, it would probably tra- you would be a candidate if you enjoy those and they resonate with you you would probably adapt to audiobooks quite easily. It's an interesting perspective, and I'm curious about why that is. Well, it's just how it's delivered. Some people, okay, some people have, we've got some feedback on our podcast where people say, you know, would you get to the point? You know, we we, we tend to, 
when we have conversations and, and we kind of really beat down a topic, that probably is less like an audiobook. So, and so if you get frustrated or if you enjoy that, if you enjoy people listening to a podcast where people really break down a topic into sort of conversational tones and they don't really have an outline, it's more just a, a bunch of people talking, you know, just having a conversation that if you enjoy that and there's nothing wrong if you do, but if you enjoy listening to that, that doesn't translate into audiobooks that well. Like if there's no structure to the podcast you listen to, then like obviously an audiobook has, is, is all about structure. You know, it's broken into chapters and, and it, it, it moves chronologically or however the book was written. That's how the audiobook is delivered. But if you are, if you really enjoy listening to just people having conversations, then probably not. Now that makes sense because there definitely is a different level of maybe concentration that is required to listen to both types of delivery styles. And we are, I know we're going to get that into that later in the show. So we can dive into that then, but that, that does make sense. Well, you raise a good point. So just say you're listening to a, one of these true crime podcasts and just say your mind starts to wander and just say you have a wandering mind, just your nature and you miss a piece of that true crime podcast, which basically is a, an audio documentary. Well, the the rest of the podcast isn't going to make sense because it's a very well organized and structured podcast. So they're they're delivering it in in the order they need you to consume it in to make sense of the whole thing. Whereas if you're listening to some people just having a conversation, then if you miss a bit of it, it, it probably doesn't matter. Like you're probably just absorbing it for the pure entertainment 90 percent entertainment 10 percent knowledge no for sure i i agree with that 100 percent. i want to move on to a really really big question one i've actually personally i don't want to say gone to a heated debate with someone about but i was involved in a conversation where me and this other person were really kind of at odds about this question. And it is, does listening to an audiobook count as reading? And this, if you type this into Google, I mean, it goes on for pages and pages of results. This is a, and type it into YouTube and it goes on forever. This is a, a debate. So uh, true literature people will say no audiobooks that that's not reading you're, you're not you're not getting the same experience listening to something as you would be reading the words off of a page and I agree and I disagree so there's some things I read that I really en I enjoy reading and here here's where reading the traditional sense of reading where it would make sense if you're reading something and it's very complex and you read a couple of paragraphs and you have to stop and process it. Now that, now you could do that in an audiobook. You could listen to, I don't know, five minutes, hit pause and think about what, what you just heard and process it and then carry on. So the, the quick answer, the short answer to this is I believe audiobooks counts as reading. Basically your goal when you get a book is to consume that information, to consume that knowledge, to consume that entertainment. That is your goal, your objective with any book. Well, if you can consume it effectively through audio, then you, for all intents and purposes, have consumed that information. So if somebody asks you, just say you went to a book club and everyone read, I don't know, um, 
think of a really long book or <laughs> what's it an insanely like a long Stephen book. King novel maybe yeah like a tomb like like a, a Stephen or, or no Game of Thrones Ooh, that is a big, big book. book so just just say you were in a book club and everyone said okay you got a month to read Game of Thrones <laughs> well that's a challenge right I, I, I'm a I'm gonna say I'm an average reader I'm not a slow reader I'm not a fast reader but I don't think I could read Game of Thrones in a month given a job and responsibilities and but I think I could consume it in audio in a month and if I went to the book club and people talked about the book and you know what did you think of this character what did you think of that character what did you think of the plot I think I could participate in that book club and I think that is a good measuring stick is it, you don't have to belong to a book club but you if you know what goes on at book clubs if you think you could listen to an audiobook and go and actively participate in a book club meeting, then I'm going to say you read that book, even if you consumed it through audio. No, I, I agree with that from the sense and the definition of, of what you gave in terms of the sense of information consumption or entertainment. And I want to kind of rewind a little bit because you said that you will still consume books, um, actual physical books, whether um, an e-copy or a physical copy yourself. So what would you say your percentage of audio book consumption to physical book consumption is? And a two-part question. The second part is, do you believe that you have, were you a big reader before you started consuming audiobooks? So no, I, I wasn't a huge reader in my youth, I'll say in my 20s. I, I wasn't a big reader. It wasn't until, uh, I think my, when my, I think when my kids started into school and reading, I, I, I got back into reading. I'm going to say I probably read, I'm going to say 60-40. So I, I, I read tradition in the traditional sense, 60% of the books I read that way. 40% I consume through audio. But I, I really enjoy consuming fiction through audio. And we're going to get into why that is. But in terms of nonfiction and, you know, in gaining knowledge in the world, I probably am a 60-40 in terms of, and some books, I actually, I will listen to the audiobook and it will really give me an overview of what the nonfiction book is about. And, and you're going to get into why, what, how that's convenient. And then I will actually read it, physically read it, and I, I will get something else out of it. So, and sometimes I've done it the other way where I've traditionally read it and then I'll listen to it. And consuming it both ways I end up getting things out of it each way that I wouldn't have otherwise that's really it's fascinating and it does make sense because it taps into a different part of your your senses and in, in a in a sense because one is more auditory one's vision your visual senses so that does it does make sense now with somebody who creates a podcast I'm obviously very passionate about audio uh, delivery of information and I consume a lot of podcasts myself. And I think I have developed an auditory learning skill that I didn't have before. I, I hear things and I, I have a, a way of concentrating while listening that I'm going to say a lot of people don't, but it's, it's a skill I've honed. I, I wasn't born with this. I, I, when I started audiobooks and podcasts, a lot of stuff would sort of just be gone. The minute the, the episode was over or the book was over, the knowledge didn't seem to stick. So I've developed a skill over time to really 
gain knowledge through audio. Wow. So so you must own a lot of Bluetooth headphones. And my question for you is, do you listen to audio to own the Bluetooth headphones or is it the other way around? Uh, <laughs> I, I listen to, I you know, I wired, <laughs> I, wireless, I, I consume, but I, you know, blue, Bluetooth earbuds and headphones are a big part of my world when it comes to consuming audio, for sure. The, the means to the end. So, uh, yeah, I, I, moral of the story, you're probably not consuming audiobooks if you don't own a pair of Bluetooth headphones. I, I want to go back to, is you, you mentioned that you listen to audio audiobooks first to get an over, over kind of an overarching view of, of a, a story or a book. And that really, it's, it kind of seems concerning just in a sense of retention. So my next question for you is, do you get the same retention value with listening versus reading? And I know you just made mention to the fact that auditory is a learned and acquired skill, but how long does that take to develop before you're actually, you actually feel like you're getting value from what you're listening to? Well, if you go back to when you were in school learning how to read, you would have to do things like book reports. You remember everyone's oh, done yeah. book reports and, and no, nobody enjoyed book reports. I mean, that was miserable work for everybody. But the purpose of the book report was to develop reading comprehension, your ability to recall the information you just consumed. So there... And your first book report was probably terrible, right? You and and probably your third book report was really bad. You, I mean, you were marked. You probably got a good mark, but in terms of recalling what you read, you were. It was probably awful. You know, in grade four compared compared to grade twelve. So, I'm going to say, reading comprehension in in the traditional sense of reading was a developed skill. You didn't. You weren't born with it. You had to hone that skill of comprehending and recalling what you had read. Well, audio books are the same thing. It's just by the time people get around to audio books, they're not doing book reports. So they're not trying to develop that skill or trying to improve on it. You know, if you listen to a book and you walk away with nothing, well, do you give up on audio books or do you think, okay, maybe I need to change how I listen? So that I think... The retention value will go up if you hone the skill. It's really interesting that you make the connection to us in our formative years because in saying that, we if we if all our information was delivered to us in an auditory sense, and that's something we practiced and got good at throughout elementary and high school, I mean, that might be theoretically what we are good at today and maybe our retention value with with books like actual reading books in the physical sense would be the one that wasn't as refined so it is interesting that we probably may just assume that we are not good auditory learners because it's not something that has been kind of enforced as much as reading. I mean, we all do have to listen to teachers and professors throughout the years, but it's not quite the same because there some usually is a visual component. Well, and think of uh, an audiobook. There's an extra layer of like a traditional book needs to be written and published before it can ever become an audiobook. So there's just from a cost and convenience standpoint, there's an extra layer of complexity to delivering an audiobook. So reading uh, in the traditional sense of a book, I think 
audiobooks were a luxury in life, not not a like it had to start out as a, a physical book first. Oh, definitely. No, that makes sense. And my next question, this is going to bleed into my question after that. And and that's is, 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 my next question is, is there a learning curve to consuming audiobooks? And it sounds like there is, but it's my twofold question because my question for you too is, are you convinced that every audiobooks could potentially be for everyone given that you have um, the physical abilities to consume audio of course i think they are you a good place to start so if if you've never consumed an audiobook and you you're in you know i've I've hopefully i've sparked your interest start with a book you've already read because this is going to tell you where you are on the auditory learning scale and even if it's for if it's for you or or how far you have to come to, you know how, how much of a skill you've got and how much of a skill you have to develop so make sure it's a book you haven't read in quite some time so if you haven't read a book in quite a while maybe go back and get a, a one of those a young adult genre and like harry potter okay there's one so i i imagine i don't know anybody who hasn't read harry potter so listen to that first book listen to that audiobook and see, you, it's probably so long ago that you don't really remember all the intricacies of the story, but listen to it. And then at the end of it, just see if you, if you feel like you know the story. Like it's, it's a, I think it's a good testing ground for how it, it's, a, it's a good transition into consuming audiobooks. What first piqued your interest to dive into the consumption of audiobooks? And was that before or after you started this podcast? Well, I'd like to say that this podcast is not sponsored by any anybody of any kind, but definitely not sponsored by audiobooks. So we're not promoting anything here. This is just me. I'm passionate about audiobooks. I'd like to share it with the world. So um, I listened, to, I was listening to podcasts and they kept, advertising like one of their promote one of their sponsors of the podcast was was an audiobook uh supply an audiobook company and they were offering a, a free trial or something so i, I kept hearing this every t- every week i'd listen to this podcast and they'd run this ad and finally i said you know what it's free i'm going to give it a try so that that's how i got into that world and it was probably back in i'm going to say I want to say 2005, 2006, so quite a while ago. That's and and I think if you it probably if you look back from today to then, audiobook consumption has become very it's become very very popular in kind of the norm. I mean, I feel like we're at the point where it's like, oh, what do you mean you don't consume audiobooks? Like I feel like it is that a mainstream of a way of consuming information. Well, you know, it's kind of taken the a lot of people say, you know, you should read this book. I says, I don't have time to read, you know, or, uh, you know, I've got, I've got a to be read list that's taller than, than me. So I'm, no, I'm not going to read the book. But if I say, listen to the audiobook. you know, while you're commuting, like while you're traveling, while you're cutting your grass, while you're cooking supper, you can listen to an audiobook anytime. So even if it's just to give you an overview and, and sort of whet your appetite for a particular subject. I do still think there is a subset of individuals who may think that is quote unquote cheating or not actually consuming the book. So, I mean, I think I, I agree with you in that and from, from what you're saying, but I do, 
I, I do think that some people have that still that really strong aversion to audio because it doesn't feel like the genuine consumption of that information. So I, my wife thinks, she thought audiobooks were the most absurd thing <laughs> ever. Like she could not understand why you would want to listen to a book. Like she couldn't make sense of it. She was very supportive of my endeavor, but 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 she she did not believe. And I converted her to actually enjoy audiobooks. And we're gonna get into how I did that. <laughs> it's it's very it's very sneaky, but it, it was also it, it it turned out to be a great. When you hear it, it'll be mind blowing. <laughs> this uh, this is something. Yes, I'm excited for this. So. I want to lead in now to talking about the difference between fiction versus nonfiction audiobooks. You made mention to this earlier in the episode that there is a really big distinction between consuming both formats. So think of fiction, and I, I listen to, uh, I, most of my audiobooks I listen to are fiction. Think of fiction as a theater of the mind. So it, it, it is a... Uh, sometimes there's music in these audiobooks. It, it, it is absolutely somebody reading the 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 book verbatim. Like they're not adding words. They're not. They, but sometimes there's sound effects and stuff that really add to the story. But these are voice actors who are reading it, and they have incredible the incredible ability to create voices for different characters. And you know when somebody enters the room the the voice changes and it is it sounds hokey but it is so like the the narrators that are really good at this they are able to change voices and you they actually so a a book i read and then i would listen to the audiobook the character that the voice actor created for a for a particular character in a, in, a, in a story is, is nothing that I had in my mind. So it, it actually gives you a whole other perspective on a story that you, you, you wouldn't otherwise get. So that's fiction. Fiction is a theater of the mind. I, I absolutely love consuming fiction through audio. Nonfiction books feel more like a podcast experience. But if you think of a... Okay, everyone knows I like history. And history books tend to be thick and long and tombs. And I, I consume a lot of my history through audiobooks. And I, I just, I, I don't have the patience to read a 700-page historical uh, nonfiction book. I consume that through audio. 90% of the history I consume is through audio. And I, I just... I just find it so enjoyable. And I know I those a lot of those books I would never read. I know I wouldn't. They they are just I, I actually I, I've tried to read a few and they are just mind some of them are mind numbing to read, but to listen to, I, I don't know why, but I I can get so engrossed in them. I like that. I really like that uh, the differentiation between them, but also the benefits that you seek from from very being very specific about an intentional but which nonfiction books you listen to and we're going to get more into the benefits as well but that definitely strikes me as a huge huge benefit you know let me give you an example of a nonfiction book i've recently listened to and it's it's a bestseller right now so anyone who knows malcolm gladwell he's a thought-provoking 
author. He he reads. He wrote a book called Outliers, was probably his most famous novel. But his most recent book is called Talking to Strangers, and it was it was a very good book. And I listened to it through audio, and he he's the narrator of the book. The author is so I find in nonfiction books when the author narrates them, they tend to be uh, for the most part better. Like that. So in a fiction book, if the author narrates it rather than a voice actor, it's, it's usually terrible. And I just stay away from those. But the, Malcolm Gladwell narrates his book. And in, in, in his book, he, he uses history to make his points, typically. And in his book, he references some things that happened in the past, and he's trying to make a point with it. And if you read the book, he would just describe a, a historical scene and then relate it to something to the point he's trying to make. But in the audiobook, he actually plays the news clips or or the interview with whoever he was talking about in the audiobook. So you get the you don't have to wonder what that interview sounds like. He plays it for you in the book. And then he carries on narrating his book. So it's like you get this extra value out of that nonfiction book that if you read the book, you wouldn't have got that from it. Oh, that's huge. And and also you can't forget the the importance of, of 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 tone as well that comes through in audio as well. I mean, different points and different uh, things will be emphasized differently based on and in the emotion too of that author will come through on points that really want to be stressed that you wouldn't have probably read just being a reader. So that it's that's very valid. Now, I've read physically read traditional sense read um, I think all of Malcolm Gladwell's books, and they are, so this is off topic from audiobooks, but they are incredibly thought-provoking books that, and I would recommend, they're, and none of his books are overly long, so it's not like a huge time commitment, but I would recommend everybody read Outliers for sure, but read all of his books. It really, the, I, you, I don't know what you would call them. They're not self-help. They're not doc, you know, they're, they're not history books, but they're very thought-provoking. They kind of give you a different way of looking at the world. I like it, and we'll we'll have uh, we'll have all the show notes in the show notes as well, as long with along with Malcolm Gladwell's name, so you can refer to that after to look that up. But no, he sounds. He, I I do want to. I actually want to uh, read or listen talking to talking to strangers. You, I, you've talked about it before, and it's it sounds like an incredible one. So. You've already made mention to a few benefits, but I want to dive into six very specific ones. Some we've kind of touched on, but I want to go through these. So the first benefit of audiobooks is that you get to read when you can't read. So think of, just say you can't, you can't retain the information. Just, just say if you traditionally read a book, you retained 80%. No, nobody's getting 100%, but say you got 80, which is very high. And just say through audio, you get 40%, which I, I think is kind of on the low side, but just say that's all you got. Well, if you are, if you have a 30 or 40 minute commute and you listen to audiobooks for that 30 or 40 minutes to work and that 30 or 40 minutes back home, that's consumption of information you weren't going to get any anyway. So why not consume an audiobook while you're doing like, or you're doing dishes, cutting grass, doing any chore, that, that is time where you can't physically read a book in a traditional sense. Why not consume an audiobook? Why not get smarter while you're doing 
mindless tasks. And I'm sure we can all think of other, so many other ways in our lives when like even folding laundry is one time that I love listening to audio and also walking when I'm any kind of walking to catch my bus, like anything like that. It's just such, and I don't know about you, Trevor, but when I forget my headphones, which is just the end of the world, but if I forget my headphones or I'm not listening to audio while I'm doing one of these more kind of menial tasks that don't require a lot of concentration, I always am, I'm kind of just sometimes annoyed because I'm like, this could be a great opportunity to listen to audiobooks, but I'm not. I'm not. You know, audiobooks, it, I find it difficult to just sit still and listen to an audiobook. What happens is my mind starts to wander. So I need some something to do. And I find the best thing to do to listen to an audiobook is walking. Going for a walk is the is just the right amount of concentration you need. You also need some concentration to walk so you don't trip over things and you're aware of your surroundings. So it requires a little bit of concentration, but enough cognitive space left to focus on the book you're listening to. So the ultimate, the ultimate activity for listening to audiobooks is walking. And think, you're getting exercise, you're consuming information I mean, where's the downside in that? Yeah, there is none. And I have said this before. I think I've said this before on, on the show, but I and maybe, and I think you have probably experienced the same thing too, Trevor, but oh, I know that if I, I've listened to an audiobook before and, and so I listened to it and then I kind of rewound it a little bit and I was just because I kind of lost my spot and I just wanted to find out where I was and what, what, what happened before I pressed pause. And as I pressed play, I walked, I, I like, I could see my walk in my mind. I, I knew exactly where, cause I was, I was coming towards my home so I could see where I was and, and that's how I knew. And I'm like, okay, I entered the door at this spot. So that it was just really amazing how it imprinted on my mind in that way. A hundred percent. I, I, when there's something that happens in a book that that's like, I'll say particularly a fiction book, audiobook. And something dramatic happens. I remember where I was when I heard that. And what you're doing Absol- too, like just exactly. Yes. Yes, a hundred percent. And I've so I've talked about Stephen King is the most terrifying novels I've ever consumed. And I don't know why I keep going back to them. Somebody will say, Oh, you have <laughs> to listen to this one of these. It's not it's not terrible like all those other ones. But every time I listen to one, there's this this image of something in the story gets ingrained in my mind and it's disturbing as can be. And I remember where I was like, so I'll be doing that same activity and I'll think of that book all the time. Oh man. So that's, that's the time when it's not as beneficial, but I, it, but that I think in itself, let's do examples show how powerful our retention of, of, of that is when, even if though we might not realize it in the moment. So the second benefit of audio is that it provides two-stage entertainment value. Yeah, so if you have a favorite author, I've got, I don't know, maybe six or seven authors. They they put in a novel every year, and I consume it every year, and I look forward to it. They tend to all come out in the fall, which is unfortunate, but, but I, you know, I the, my to-be-read list stacks up, and then I get through it. But I, like six or seven authors that I just, I love, but... I love the story and that the author writes, but then the narrator adds a layer of entertainment on top of a fantastic story. So I, I look forward to it. And so one of my favorite authors, 
switched narrators. They tend to always use the same narrator. It just goes with the character in their story. But this author switched to a narrator I really like. And, and in so it's a Lee Child, and he it's the Jack Reacher series, just for anybody who cares. And he switched his narrator to a narrator that I I I just love anything this guy reads. And so I was super excited and not disappointed by the 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 finished product. But if you think so now if you get into the audiobook world of fiction, you you get to know the narrators almost like you do actors. And you're really excited when you hear so for instance, Harry Potter. It it has been narrated by a bunch of different people, but there's this one particular narrator who who was, you know, off the charts good, and everybody in the audiobook world talks about this narrator, and and he's he's become a, a star in that in that space. But you end up getting tw- I, I'm going to say twice the entertainment value out of a novel when you choose when you listen to it through audio. That's a really a point that might not you might not realize is as valuable until like in your case you they um switch narrators and you got so much value from them it's almost like reading a a picture book where there is the author and there is the illustrator of that book and both play such an important part because you couldn't have a picture book without the pictures and then there'd be no book it would just be just be um visual so really they they both play such an a very key part to the success of what you are consuming so i do like that the how important that narrator does play to bringing success to how that book is received the third of six benefits of audiobooks in, I, I mentioned this earlier, but you gain perspectives you might miss otherwise. And a lot of this is the the narrator emphasizes things that you might have just passed over as, as filler in a book. And again, in nonfiction, where the author reads the book, you you might pass over something that you think is not important. But when you listen to the audiobook, the narrator really hammers home uh, with a lot of passion, a particular part of the book, and you, you get to understand, oh, this this is important, and it it maybe it's it doesn't seem important then, but it will be important later in the book. But the emphasis is being made right now, and that's beneficial for what you're going to read in the future. So I find in history audiobooks, uh, the author will really emphasize a date or or a, a particular figure in history. And you can the way they talk about them, how maybe they they were an evil person, and they'll really, you know, play up the evilness in in the tone of their voice, and you 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 all of a sudden have a hatred toward this this figure in history that you didn't before. You hate them at a whole other level. Take Adolf Hitler. So World War II history, he's in a lot of those books. You listen to somebody narrate an audiobook and talk about him, and the you grow to dislike this person at a whole other level listening to it in an audiobook. No, that makes sense because I know even from my experience listening to audiobooks, sometimes a a scene or a part or something powerful the narrator will speak to literally brings chills down your spine just because of, I can imagine, with your Stephen King novels as well. But and and and, and that, you wouldn't have got that kind of experience, that whole body experience 
and, and that the, the visualization and the emphasis on all of that, were you not listening to it as well? You know, the Malcolm Gladwell book, Talking to Strangers, the whole thing about the book, just an overview, is is sometimes seeing a person, because we, we live in a visual world, people try to deceive you visually. And so he, Malcolm, the whole point Malcolm Gladwell is trying to make in this in this, his book is, is don't trust your eyes. They will mislead you all the time. So he, he in the book, he talked about the prime minister of Great Britain uh, trying to convince Adolf Hitler not to invade Poland or one one of the countries in Europe. And he thought he had him convinced they were writing letters and telegrams and he thought he had him convinced, but he wanted to just make sure. So he went to visit him in person to get his, his, his word that he wouldn't invade Poland. And once he met him, Adolf Hitler was, was so devious. He was able to convince him that he wasn't going to do it. And, and obviously he did, but it, it, in that part of the story, he talks with such like it, the, the only way to consume that is through audio to get the point he's trying to make in that section I just described. No. And that's, that's a, that's a great example as well. The fourth of six points in, and, and, and the benefits of audiobooks is that you will take on subject matter you might otherwise not consume. And this goes back to, Trevor, your example about the, the 700-page history book that you're passionate about but might not uh, devote the time to actually reading. Well, another one might be maybe you don't want to read a self-help book on the bus or, or on public transit or, or at work. You don't want a book that you're holding up that's showing you uh, Dave Ramsey's A Total Money Makeover. You're reading that and, and all your coworkers think, oh, you must know nothing about money. That's why you're reading that book. Well, if you're listening to it through audio, well, nobody has to know what you're listening to. So that is an example where you can be listening to an audiobook. Nobody's going to, uh, you shouldn't care if people are going to judge you, but you could consume any audio and nobody's going to know what it is you're consuming. So you kind of, you're not advertising the knowledge you're trying to gain if, if, if that's an issue. I was going to save this question for later, but it kind of, it, it kind of resonates right now to ask it, but you, we, in the past with just how you consume books, you've made mention of the fact that there is this misperception that you have to carve out a ton of time to listen to an audiobook, but, or sorry, to read a book. You, 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 you feel like you need a lot of time if you only have five minutes and that's not worthwhile sitting down to read. But you kind of burst that bubble by saying, you know what, whatever time that we do have to read, whether it's five minutes, it was worthwhile. You spoke to that in our episode on how you consume books. When it comes to audio, do you take the same stance? So I, I, I love to listen to audiobooks while I cut my grass because I hate cutting grass. I've mentioned that as part of it before. I despise cutting grass. But I have, I have stood there holding on to the lawnmower, listening to a very exciting story, and I will keep cutting grass that's already been cut to get to the end of a, of a chapter. Like I, so I, I end up finding, extending my listening consumption beyond the time I I had hoped to, but I I do listen to it in small pieces as well. I I find even with a book, just say you you have to stop in the middle of a chapter because you had to go somewhere or do something, you're not going to pick up the book and start reading exactly where you left off. 
you know, the very next word, you're going to go back at least a page, I do, and, and reread to get your mind back. Oh, yeah, I remember where I was and continue on with the story. Well, the same thing with an audiobook. Rewind it for, you know, two minutes and then then restart it and you'll say, oh, yeah, I remember this part and it'll carry on. So it's it's really it really kind of does translate over, and I I do like that perspective, and it, it makes it makes listening to audio when you have a small amount of time very accessible. So the fifth of six benefit of audiobooks is that if you sign up for an audiobook service, it will force you can to consume it. This reminds me of a gym membership a little bit. Well, it, what it does is, if you so we're going to get into where you can get audiobooks, but if you sign up for an audiobook service where you typically you get one book a month so if you I don't know if you remember there used to be a, a book of the month club there they still might exist I don't know where they mail you uh, one of the bestsellers every month to read and it kind of it, it, in a, it, I guess it is like a gym membership it kind of forces you into consuming books and I, I think that is a good thing I mean I I I belong to the Audible service. Again, we're not promoting it. I'm not advertising it, but I really think it's a good service. And it just forces me to consume books on a regular basis. And then not that I need to be forced to, but it's it's it becomes part of my day-to-day life. And I mean, I think, I, I, I can't argue with that because if you think about it, if you really think about it, Netflix works the same way in that you you probably have to consume a few <laughs> or binge watch a few of your favorite TV shows and movies to be able to kind of justify that cost. So, I mean, if if we're looking at consumption of, of information, listening to an audiobook or even just one a month is, is, I think, very valuable. And lastly, the sixth benefit of audiobooks is that you can listen with someone else. So this is the thing I was going to tell you about how I got my wife into audiobooks. So everyone knows I'm a big fan of Bluetooth earbuds. <laughs> so what? I've got these totally I, I have these completely wireless Bluetooth earbuds. And so so they they they're not connected with a wire at all. So they they're completely wireless. So me and my wife go for a walk. I put one earbud in my ear, she puts one in her ear. We turn on an audiobook and we go for a walk. We are listening to the same book at the same time in each of our ears. And we will walk and listen and then, you know, we'll walk for an hour. Then we'll stop maybe at the end of a chapter and we'll talk about what we just heard and what we thought about it. And in real time, we're breaking down a story or a a nonfiction book with the author, the point they were trying to make and how it relates to us in our lives. And then we pop the earbuds back in each of our ears, keep walking, listen to chapter two, and we get home and we'll do the same thing. So it's kind of like a real-time book club. But I got my wife into audiobooks through this method. And and she, I'm not going to say every time we go for a walk, she wants to listen to one, but she is, she enjoys it. She she went from thinking I was a little strange <laughs> <laughs> with my audiobook obsession to uh, this is not a bad idea. And... And do you remember what type of book or what fiction versus nonfiction you were listening to or that really kind of got her convinced that audio consumption was for her? So the first book we listened to was the uh, Mark Manson book, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. And it's a really entertaining, informative, thought-provoking book. The title kind of sounds 
like it would hokey. So it sounds like it wouldn't be, but it really is. And I recommend that everybody should consume that book at least once. But it was that book. And then the second book we listened to was Malcolm Gladwell talking to strangers. And so she is on board with this. We'll go for walks in the forest, one ear buddy in each ear, and listen to uh, an audio book. I think it's a, a fabulous thing to do. It's something you don't have to do by yourself, basically. It's a definitely a great way to kind of, like you said, focus on common interests and actually have listened to the uh, subtle art of not giving an F2. And it is an incredible listen as well. I, I, I loved it. So I want to move on to, this is the second last section of today's episode. And so before we get to resources for audiobooks and, and kind of ways to listen, we're going to talk about the challenges. And if anyone is listening and is not quite convinced about audiobooks, we're going to touch on four different challenges. And these might be ones that you currently face or are wondering about and, and maybe are still skeptical about. So hopefully we can kind of bring light to some of the challenges and and maybe how you, Trevor, kind of get can kind of work around these as well. So the first one, and we've mentioned this a couple times already, but it's the wandering mind. And the wandering mind can happen through traditional reading as well. You you might not realize it, but uh, you when I start reading a book in a traditional sense, I, the the words don't come easy, and it, you it usually takes me about five minutes of reading, and all of a sudden I get into a zone. And I'm just, I'm just dialed in and the house could be on fire around me. I wouldn't know it because I'm, I'm just so zoned into this book. So audiobooks are the same way. You, you, you're going to get into a zone, but there's an extra tool you have with an audiobook. So if, if you're listening to an audiobook and your mind starts to wander, a real good trick is to increase the speed of the book. So the, it'll make the, you can increase the speed. The person will talk faster, but the technology they're not going to sound like chickmunks. The, the technology they have to increase the speed doesn't change the tone of the, of the narrator. It just increases the speed at which the words are being read. I don't know how they do it. It's, it's magical, but it works. So if you find your mind is wandering, increase the speed on the book. And what that does is it increases the cognitive amount of concentration you have to put into the book. So it, it requires more focus and your mind can't wander. It, 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 it has to work harder to keep up with the increased speed of the book. So it, it sounds counterintuitive. My mind's wandering, so I'm going to make this harder to listen to, but it actually works. And so if you're new to this, I, I encourage you to listen to like 1.25 speed to start and then go, go from there. Don't listen at one. Your mind will wander for sure. So, and every... I, every phone app has a speed. I've never seen an audiobook app that doesn't have a speed, uh, a way to adjust the speed. So they all work the same way. They don't sound like chickmunks, but increase the speed and it will stop your mind from wandering. That is, that is, I've never actually listened to something sped up. So I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm going to definitely try this myself because I do find my mind wandering. And that was kind of a question I had for you was, I mean, I, at some point I, I run out of tasks to do around the house and I feel like I can't listen to audio because I've, I've run out of, of things to do and it's maybe it's raining so I can't go for a walk. Do you have any tips or tricks on cultivating that, 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 that mind so it really kind of doesn't wander as much 
when you're just kind of sitting still, is, is, is speeding it up the only way that you've found to be effective to, to stay in the zone when you are just, just sitting in, in one place? It, it Well, it's really doing something like it. So walking is the ultimate and you're right. Some sometimes you can't, I listen to audiobooks at the gym. This is pre pre pandemic. <laughs> All the gyms are closed, but I look so forward to going to the gym because I was going to, you know, get back into my favorite novel. And I, you, I, I, the best thing you can do is find some low cognitive task to do. Well, while reading a book, driving a car is, is a, is a great one too, but walking is the ultimate. No, that's, I do. That's one thing I, I love is that you have linked an activity that some people may perceive as, as not as enjoyable with something that you really enjoy. So it kind of brings out about this anticipation of this event because it is linked to something you really, really, really enjoy, which is listening to audiobooks. So I, I love that connection. My, my, the next challenge I want to touch on, and this one I think is, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the biggest kind of roadblock or, or mental block for individuals into really embracing audiobooks. And, and that is the fear or the reality that you don't get the retention value. And again, this is one that we have mentioned throughout the show as well. Well, so we talked about it's a developed skill for sure. Uh, auditory learning is a developed skill. It's, it's one worth developing, but a lot of times, ask yourself: Were you gonna Were you gonna sit down and, and traditionally read this book? Were you actually gonna do it? Were you actually gonna read this book, or were you gonna? It was it gonna be on your to be read pile where you're gonna make a bunch of excuses why you haven't got time to read those? So, so ask yourself: Were you actually gonna read it? So, if, if you're honest with yourself and you, you just say you've got twenty books on your to be read pile and you realistically, you're only going to read a quarter of those books or maybe half a best case scenario. So there's, there's 10 books that are never going to get read. But if you choose to consume it through audiobooks, then just say you only retain 40%. That's 40 more percent that you're going to get anyway. So why not? And here's another trick to retention is listen to it twice. If you weren't going to read it anyway because your to-be-read pile is too big and you got, you got time to listen to it because you got a 30-minute commute, well, listen to it a second time if you don't feel like you got everything out of it the first time and maybe you get another 10 or 20% out of that second listen, it's still more than you were going to get from not reading. That's a really great glass half full perspective on audio consumption and, and I, I do love that. The third of four audiobook challenges is you need equipment to access the audio. So way back in the day, the, the, there's companies, they used to deliver audiobooks on cassette tapes. If you can, if anyone knows what cassette, do you know what a cassette tape yes, is? Yes, actually, that is how I listened to my first audiobook. You know, the ones that used to come in kind of those bags at the, from the public library and, and they had the book and then they had the audio, the audio cassette in there. That's how I first listened to audiobooks. So it used to be real hard to listen to an audiobook. You, you, you needed uh, the, all these tapes. I mean, there was in, in a, in a medium-sized novel, there was probably a dozen tapes, cassette tapes that made up the whole book. And it was, it, I, I, I wasn't into audiobooks when it, they were on tape. I got into them when they were on CD. And it was more, way more convenient. Well, now they're all delivered digitally. And 
all you need to listen to an audiobook is a phone. Basically today, it used to be an iPod was the, you know, the best tool when it went digital. But now all you need is a phone and why not make it an iPhone? <laughs> why not, right? So all you need is, a, is, and I don't know, I honestly, and I'm not making this up, I don't know anybody who doesn't own a phone. Do you? No. Okay, I do know one person, my father, but he has an iPod. So, so he doesn't have a phone, but he's an iPod. So I don't know anybody who doesn't have a device that could not download and play an audiobook. So, and all you need is a set of earbuds. You can get them for like $10. I highly recommend Bluetooth <laughs> earbuds because <laughs> they, they're super convenient. But the cost of entry to listen to audiobooks is basically all you need to do is uh, well, you can get them from your library. We're going to get into where you can get audiobooks. But it's a really low cost to entry. And anybody can do this. It's there, there's no barrier here. And last but not least, the fourth audiobook challenge is some books just don't work for audio. And I have listened to books that just don't work. I mean, I, I have tried and I'm a, I'm a dedicated audiobook cons- consumer. And I have listened to some nonfiction books that just it, it there's just too many okay some of them are history ones there, there's just too many dates too many people like you just can't keep track of it all and and actually if you if you're into using e-readers and i i've tried to consume this this particular book through uh um an e-reader and there's so many uh it, it's telling you to refer to map seven and re- refer to to table six and refer to uh, diagram seven. Uh, and it's, it, the, the book is constantly referring to all these maps and charts and, and, and that just doesn't work in audio. I mean, that it, a lot of times you'll get an audiobook and it comes with a uh, sort of an accompanying PDF. Stay away from those. They're, they're just terrible. And you're, you're forever re- referencing some sort of thing that they, they can't describe through audio. So there, it's more of a textbook type of thing that it just doesn't work. So there's that, that's a challenge that I, I don't think can be overcome. So I have one more, and maybe this is just a, a me challenge that, that I face, but I'm, I'm curious to hear if you have any thoughts on this. But there's something super satisfying about getting through a complete audio, a piece of audio. So for, for a podcast, even if it's an hour-long one like this one, when you can kind of get through it, it's, it's, I find it super satisfying. So when it comes to audiobooks, I know I personally, I've lost interest in some audiobooks just because I listen to it for maybe half an hour every day on my commute to work. And then, but so you're not really making massive progress on it. And you sometimes lose, maybe lose your place and you can rewind it still, but you're still kind of not, I feel like I'm not always staying engaged. So is that something that is, it's just kind of learned and practiced, something you have to kind of just stay, listen to more frequently? Or do you have any advice on getting through maybe that uh, challenge that maybe any of our listeners may be experiencing as well? There's too many good books in the world to, to, to not be willing to give up on a book. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably quicker than average to give up on a book. I mean, if it doesn't grab me, in the first three chapters, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, the authors should be smart enough to know people don't have the uh, an attention span that can get you through to chapter nine. 
you know, before it actually gets good. So if you can't get me by chapter three, I, I, I'll give up on a book quick. And there's too many good books. The My To Be Read pile is too high digitally to, to invest in something that's not resonating with me. So I will give up on a book quicker than maybe I should. That's, that's a, I love that perspective because, I mean, so it could not, it, it could in some cases not be you, the listener. It could just be that that book is not one that is is resonating with you and capturing your attention and making you want to keep listening. So I, I, I do love that and because th- going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, there's that perception that we are not good auditory learners and it's always kind of on us for not being able to keep our mind from wandering and retain what we're listening to. But I do love that switch in perspective. Here's the risk. So you gave up on the book and somebody told you, you know, a couple of years from now, oh, that was the best novel I ever read. You know, it gets really good at chapter nine. <laughs> and you say, well, crap, I should have I should have stuck with it. Or you you finish the 700 page novel and they never did there was never a point to the story. Like, wh- wh- those are the two scenarios. Which one do you want? <laughs> I want the one. I like. I want the one where I I stuck with it. See, I I don't want to get to the end of a seven hundred page book to find out. Oh, there there wasn't a good part. <laughs> I I it never did show up. That's fair. Yes. Yeah. From that perspective, yeah. So I want to I want to go now through the different resources we can use and take advantage of to find great audio through. So you've mentioned two years. So I, I, I'd love to hear more about them and how you use them. So again, I, I want to reiterate, we're not sponsored by anybody. Nobody's paying us to talk about these resources. I just believe in them. So that I, I, I want to share them with the listeners. So Audiophile Magazine is a great resource it's a magazine dedicated to audiobooks, fiction and nonfiction. They have a print subscription and a digital subscription. So the print subscription, you get six issues a year for $20. The digital subscription is a little bit cheaper. It's $15. You get the same six issues. The magazine basically talks about audiobooks in a kind of a little bit about the, the book but more about the narrator. So it, it, it really dives into the narration of the books and, and I think um, where the value might be in that. So I, I enjoy the magazine. I, it's got me to listen to books that I otherwise wouldn't have listened to. The other one is everyone knows I love Reddit. It's, a, it's an internet forum called Reddit and in Reddit is a bunch of things called subreddits and there's one called audiobooks and it's a great place to go if you're if you just typed into a, a a post in Reddit saying you know any recommendations for a first listen I love mysteries people are going to just come flooding with suggestions of the first audiobook you should choose uh, another one a subreddit is called Audible which is an audiobook provider and the people at Audible actually participate in this subreddit so if you have a question about their service. So Audible is an audiobook service. They, they sell audiobooks. And it's a great one. So there's there's users of Audible, Audible and then the company Audible, they all participate in this user form. So it's a great place to ask questions, get answers. So those are two really good resources 
for learning about audiobooks and selecting audiobooks and just, you know, they're almost like, some of them are kind of like book clubs. That's a great, I think that's a great place to start if you're not, if you're new to the audiobook world. And so, I mean, when we're looking for physical books, we will go maybe to um, a book website, maybe chapters or, or Indigo, something like that. So do you refrain from doing things like that because there's not always going to be an audiobook version available? Well, so I've been, here's what's happened to me. I, I've I've gone to Goodreads, which is a is, is a, a book uh, form on the internet. And I, I recommend people use it. It's a great resource, goodreads.com. And I've, uh, you know, I've, through there, I found a great uh, author, a fiction novel to consume, only to find out the narration was terrible. So that's the downside of using a traditional uh, book f- resource, only because because it might be a great book, but the in audio the narrator they chose just was a bad fit. That's it's really interesting, and 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 again, it makes it makes sense why then you look for other resources such as the Audiophile magazine and the subreddit to really dive into that because those those resources will understand the nuances of audio at a whole different level. So finally, the kind of the the big last question that I have for you is where do you go to get your audiobooks? What are your preferred um, resources in this capacity? So again, I, I can't say this enough. We're not sponsored by anybody, so I'm not promoting. I'm just telling you what I, the, the places I believe in. So First and foremost, go to your library. The books there are free. So uh, you can get them through Overdrive or Libby. Those are the two services. I, I can't imagine a public library that doesn't participate in this service. I, they, if you look at the list, they, it just goes on forever. So chances are your library participates in this. So uh, that's where I, my first place I go. So if I go to uh, my public library, look for the audiobook, obviously you there's only so many to check out, just like a regular book. So you get on a wait list. And if the wait list looks like it's going to be six or eight months, I might say, you know what, I'm going to buy this book. I don't feel like waiting six or eight months. So my first go-to is Audible. So it's audible.ca. It's an Amazon company. And with Audible, you you become a member for $14.95 a month, Canadian. And what that gets you is one free book every month. You buy the book, you get to keep it forever. It's yours. You can listen to it over and over. They have every book that's ever been written has been recorded in audio, it seems. So I, I'm yet to to find to want a book and not find it there. So they have everything. If the book exists, Audible sells it. So $14.95. And if you want it, you can also, as a member, you can buy books at a reduced price. So if if you want to consume two books, you could consume one with your, your membership credit and then you could buy a second book. So it's, it's good that way. The, the third one, and I'm staying with the Canadian theme, so audible.ca is, of course, the .ca is obviously Canadian. Kobo.com. So Kobo is affiliated with Chapters and Indigo, which are Canadian bookstores. So for $12.99 Canadian per month, same deal, you get one book a month. Now, Kobo, the selections, I've looked for books there and not found them. So a book I've wanted to consume in audio and I've gone to Kobo and it's not there. So they have almost everything, but you're going to, 
hit a roadblock every now and then. So that's, there's obstacles. The fourth resource, and I love this one, is called The Great Courses. And these are courses that, so it's 1999 a month Canadian, and you can consume as much as you want on this one. There's, there's not like one per month. So The Great Courses, it's university, famous, like Ivy League school university professors giving lectures about topics and their topics on economics and finance, history, health and fitness and nutrition, literature, philosophy, religion, science, uh, you name it, it goes on forever. And I have consumed a lot of history through the great courses and I really, I'm a huge fan. I I've been a member. I'm not a, currently a member, but I've, I periodically start up my membership and then I will listen to a bunch of courses and then I'll, I'll, take a break from it. So the great courses, it's, uh, it's a great place to get knowledge. I really, um, a big fan of that one. So those are the places I get my audio from. Uh, I'm not affiliated with any of them. I just believe in them. And we will have all of those in the show notes as well. So you can go back to refer to them. A question about those, Trevor, do you have, do you have a subscription to all of them and do you use all of them or is this just kind of a a collective list of your favorites? So I have a, a subscription to any one of these at any given time. So currently I have renewed my prescription with audible.ca. So I'm, I'm currently, you know, getting a book a month from them. I, I'll probably do that for a few months and then I'll, I might switch over to the great courses for a few months. So I kind of rotate through these, these three services. And how long does it take you? Do, like, is that one book a month? Is that, do you consume that over, is that, does that last you for a full month or do you always, do you sometimes go back to get a second one? Um, you know, between podcasts and audiobooks, I usually, I usually consume a couple of books a month through audio. I'm physically, you know, traditionally reading a book as well. And then I consume a few podcasts. So I, I'm, I barely watch TV. So I, this is my entertainment and in, this is how I, I, I spend my time. So reading at least one book a month, uh, consuming an audiobook at least one a month, and um, some podcasts. So that, that's kind of how I entertain myself. So that brings us to the end of today's show on audiobooks. We went through and, and kind of answered some of the common asked questions when it comes to audiobooks. We talked about the difference between fiction versus nonfiction. We then talked about the benefits of audiobooks along with the challenges of audiobooks. We talked about some great resources and how to source some really great audiobooks depending on the narrator and the author, just ones that are recommended. And finally, we talked about where to actually go to get your audiobooks. Thank you so much for being here with us for an episode, another episode of Simple Money Solutions Podcast. If you have any great recommendations on audiobooks that you have recently loved, we're always looking for new recommendations as well. You can always reach out to us through Facebook, Instagram, and email and through the contact submission form on our website, all of which will be in the show notes. You can get in touch with us in that way. Until next week, keep it simple.